The Dating Counselor Podcast Season 5 is brought to you by Bonded. Bonded is Utah's first permanent jeweler. It was created by two childhood best friends that wanted an exciting bonding experience, you know, like getting a friendship tattoo, but, you know, with less commitment. When they couldn't find a bonding experience like that, they created one, and they created it with permanent jewelry. Permanent jewelry is unique because it doesn't have a clasp, and it's custom fit to you. So it's bonded onto you with a spark or with a flame. I really love the beautiful jewelry that they offer. You can do chain jewelry, and they released recently their own exclusive bonded bangles. All of their jewelry is 14 karat gold or sterling silver, and it can be worn every day. I'm always talking with you guys about connection and bonded jewelry, I feel like is this really unique way to remind yourself of someone special that you're then bonded to, or maybe a significant life event or even a commitment that you've made. I really know that you're going to love bonded jewelry as much as you love the meaning behind it. Learn more about them on Instagram at Bonded Bracelets or head over to bondedbracelets.com to schedule your bonding experience. Hello, thank you so much for joining me today on the Dating Counselor Podcast. I am so excited to give you this episode. I found Jenny and Haley uh, through Instagram and they are the owners of Smile at the People. And you're going to learn from them about what it means to put the face to the emotion and how that can translate into you being able to get into the relationship that you're interested in. You're also going to hear more about how choosing love and having them choose you in return gets you more connected and into a better situation for a long-term relationship. You're also going to hear about dating after divorce, uh, one specific experiences and and how she navigated that and what has worked for her. So you're not going to want to miss this one. Tune in. Well, welcome to the Dating Counselor podcast. I am so thrilled to have on the show today, Jenny and Haley. They are the founders and owners of Smile at the People. We found each other on Instagram, which is the best. Uh, they were on Good Things Utah, and their presence just radiated, and I was so intrigued. Uh, we've been kind of uh, corresponding back and forth now for a little while, and I'm thrilled to share their story with you and for you guys to meet them and hear about what they do. So tell us a little bit about how this came to be. Hey, Lonnie, thank you so much for having us. We are so excited to talk to you today and especially to share just our passion for what we're doing. So here is how Smile the People came to be. Um, we're going to take it way back, 40 plus years back. <laughs> cutest grandma, cutest grandma, Geraldine Griffin. And she truly radiated happiness and positivity her whole life, my whole life that I've grown up with this sweet lady. Um, joy, pure joy just emanated from her being a human being. It was amazing. And and she would tell everybody, smile at the people. That was just her phrase. That was her motto. She would say it to her grandkids. She would say it to our friends. She would say it to strangers. She would say it, you know, Jenny and I actually keep joking. Someone's going to see us and be like, oh, hey, I remember meeting you at a campground in 1987 when your grandma made us be friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our grandma. That was Grandma Griffin. She would make us make friends with everyone, everywhere we went. Smile at the people was 
it was what she said. So anyway, you know, we she would write it on all of our cards, on all of our whatevers, and we all have little wood signs in our house now. It's just a family thing. And she unexpectedly passed away from a stroke in August, which should also be noted. Um, this woman lived her life fully, completely. She had hit everything on her bucket list, been to all, well, six continents, right, Jen? Yeah, not Antarctica. Okay, not Antarctica. <laughs> She'd been to six continents. I mean, this woman loved and lived life like crazy. And her last bucket list item was to ride the train to Denver. I mean, she's done all these crazy, huge things, but her last bucket list item was to take the train to Denver. And so Jenny um, and my sister and aunt and niece, they were on en route to the train station early, early in the morning to take grandma on her last bucket list item. And she had a stroke. And it was just, it was devastating. It was very sad. Such an unexpected loss from this lady that we really thought was going to live forever. I mean, that was just what she had in her bones and in her blood. She was going to live forever. And so anyway, so she passed away in August of a stroke. And as Christmas time came near, I kept thinking, I've got to do something that says smile to people. I got to do something for my family. Um, you know, I, I don't want it to be cheesy. I want it to be something that they'll be like, this is awesome. I love this. And I I'll see it. And I'll think of grandma and I'll think of smiling at all the pe people all the time. So I have the idea for a sweatshirt. You know, so I called Jenny. I said, Jen, here's my idea. You want to do this for your side of the family, too, for your nieces and nephews and kids. And, and she said, absolutely. So we put in this huge, huge order with our friend who makes who makes the sweatshirts and and just basic black with white writing, smile at the people. And we gave these to our family on Christmas and they were just so well received tears and joy and just. I mean, it just brings back this whole flood of what life is about, right? It's about the people you love and those memories that you've made and and just finding your purpose. And anyway, so we loved them. And we posted pictures, of course, of our cute sweatshirts and at Christmas on social media. And we had some friends say, can we get one? Can I buy one? Gosh, I love the story of Grandma Griffin. And, and a lot of our friends know Grandma Griffin, either in person or just by following us on social media. We love that woman and talked about her all the time. And and anyway, and so we said, well, maybe, I don't know, should we, how do we do this? And so I called, this is actually the really cool part. Well, lots of cool parts. This is a cool part. So I called, called our sweatshirt gal, Amber, our friend Amber. And I said, Amber, I got friends asking if they can buy these. Um, what if we just say, hey, we're going to put it in order. Anyone that wants one order by this date, we'll just kind of do a big thing and it'll be awesome. We'll do one big order. And Amber said, we could do that. She said, or we can do a shop and kind of leave it up. So if people ever want to come back and get another one or, you know, and then she and I were both thinking, let's just donate the proceeds of these sweatshirts from grandma. Just let's let's get back with the proceeds, right? It's it's just what she would do. She's just so fun and friendly. And it's not about the money. It's about connecting with other people. So let's take the money that we make from these sweatshirts. Anyway, and then Jenny, this is the crazy part. Jenny calls me literally that maybe in the same hour, I had just talked to Amber and she said, Haley, I've got this idea brewing and we got to do something with these sweatshirts. I think we need to sell them and we just need to donate the proceeds. What do you think? And I said, dude, yeah, I'm on it. Like, let's do it. I just talked to Amber. This has to happen. I think grandma is whispering, yelling in our ears, get out there, sell these sweatshirts, give back and smile to people. Like, you know, I could just <laughs> totally see her, you know, moving us along. Don't, don't sit here and waste your time. Go get it done. Go. There's work to be done. Now go do it. So it seriously, Lonnie, it just blossomed. So we worked from, what do we say, Jen? January 6th is when we kind of had that conversation. And then the next week we launched the sweatshirts, you know, through our online store. 
that next morning after launch, we got contacted by Good Things Utah saying, oh my gosh, we caught wind of this. We want you to, we want to do a segment, come talk to us. And, and we got invited by you. We've put them in shops. I mean, it's just, it's exploded. And, and the thing is, yeah, you have sweatshirts. The gear is adorable, but it's, it's about the message, right? It's about humans. We need each other and smile at somebody. You, you really might be amazed what you learn and what you connect with other people just by simply stepping out of your comfort zone and giving a little smile. So that is a very long version of how we came to be. Well, and it, it might be might be worth noting, too, that um, she passed away on August 26th and her funeral was on September 1st. And the governor of Utah actually made a declaration for September 1st. And September 1st, 2022 was Smile at the People Day in Utah. So he did a whole declaration because he understood the message behind Smile at the People so we have this great declaration, and, and I read it at her funeral as well, but we have this awesome declaration that Governor Cox signed. So we're pretty thrilled about that. And that kind of, that kind of with that, with him recognizing, hey, this is a really, a really great thing for connection, that kind of led into the sweatshirts and the whole thing of, hey, other people, not just her family, think this is awesome. So, Well, it, I think that's beautiful. I didn't realize that. I'm going to need to go back and look at the the headlines on that day because it is. It's just such a beautiful message. Um, it, it breeds this space of connection and warmth and kindness. And I think that's truly what people in Utah are trying to be about. I don't know if we always can do that. But, you know, in the world where there's so many hard things going on, there is little, it feels like, that's within our control that we can do. And having a smile on your face and sharing that with somebody goes so much farther than you would ever know. Um, right. Just this, your story reminded me when I was growing up, um, my dad would, he's just a friendly guy. He's like six foot six. And so maybe he just kind of learned that his height needed to, to be aggressed <laughs> or that he could just try to, you know, look friendly and things. And so when we would be driving wherever we were, he, he just kind of waves at people and smiles and waves at people. And I remember thinking, geez, my dad knows a lot of people. <laughs> And finally, as I was getting older, I was like, Dad, how do you know all these people? He says, well, I don't know them. And I'm like, why are you waiting at them? He's like, you know, just have a good day. Just my ah, you know. And that's something that really stuck with me um, as, as I aged, you know, just kind of driving around and just looking pleasant. And not, not that everybody's like noticing you as you drive, but, um, you know, the antithesis of the stories of people with road rage would be really smile. <laughs> Well, and a smile is universal too. Like in every language, it means the same thing. So even if you can't communicate with somebody, a smile lets them know, you know, hi, hey. Yeah, it says I'm approachable. Yeah, I'm approachable. And yeah. So I I love what you just said about driving around. In fact, I, I when I take my kids to school every morning, my daughter, she's in high school and and I'm I'm crazy. I love to sing and, you know, embarrass her as much as I can. And and she's got a friend to her once. He said Every time I drive past you and your mom in the morning, it looks like you're having a party in the car. And I look forward <laughs> to it every day. I can't wait to see what you guys are doing in the car when I drive past. And I thought, yeah, we're crazy. We don't like being crazy. But but if that makes somebody else look forward to driving to school in the morning, right? Because oh, I can't wait to see what those crazy girls are up to today. <laughs> it's so much better. It is. It's, it's the opposite of, of road rage, right? How awful would his day be if I'm the grumpy, crusty lady that's like beeping at him all the day long? Get out of my way. We got to hurt, you know, and it, it's a big difference. Smiling 
it, it's huge. It's just huge. It's so powerful. Well, and, and what a difference it would make if we were going through our day waiting or looking for those people that were going to bring us joy versus looking for those things that were going to bring us down or give us the space in our, our head where we don't feel like we're enough. Right, right. Uh, so one of the things that I talk about with uh, dating all the time is uh, a pleasant face. So there's this space, there's this space that happens um, when you're on a first date where everyone's just trying to like read each other's minds. And there's like, do they like me? Do I like them? And there's just all this um, facial expression going on or not going on. And I often find that when a man asks a woman on a date, um, and he's, you know, trying to please her, trying to make her happy, trying to do something. And she kind of has this like blank expression on her face or this very hard to read expression that he automatically goes, oh, she is not interested in me. So one of the things that I coach with a lot is just to have a smile, like look pleasant. Yep. I'm wondering if you have any stories that you could tell of, of ways that that smiling in your family or just people that you know have helped with their romantic connections. She said that she was just sitting in in church. She had been divorced. My gra- my grandma was married before and had two kids. And my grandpa was married before and had four kids. And so this was a second relationship. And they were in the, the singles ward in 1951 in, in Pleasant Grove, Utah. And she said she was just sitting there in, in the chapel and the door opened. And he walked in and she looked over and just saw this man with this crew cut. Now, grandpa didn't smile a lot. So this was like the yin and the yang she did. And he was a little bit, a little bit of a curmudgeon. And she just looked at him and she said, my voice inside my head just said, that's the man you're going to marry. And his side of it is he walked in and I think it was kind of, they saw each other at the same time. And his side was that he saw this woman with this big smile and this happy glow. And she did, she was a happy glow her whole entire life. And a lot of people resonated and came to her but he he saw that and he needed that that light in his life too so it was her smile it was what kind of brought him into the attraction to her and they were married over 60 something years by the time they they both actually passed away last year so they weren't away from each other very long it was um april to august is is the difference in that time you guys isn't that like such a cute story i I often wish that my brain would have told me like, oh, that's the one you're going to marry. Yeah, that did not happen for me. And when I would hear other people tell that story, I'd be like, is that what it's supposed to feel like? So don't worry if that hasn't happened for you. It's, or, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is what's going to happen. But I do think that it's really amazing to see that her countenance and her smile and I think her approachability helped them to connect. And, you know, 60 years together, that's that's amazing. Uh, so Haley and Jen are just adorable and they started sharing some cute stories with me. And so tune in next. You're going to hear Jen tell a story about their connection with Oprah. Her and I went down to Green River last year or in 2021 and we were working on an old headstone of one of our ancestors in the old Pioneer Cemetery there. And it was really hot and we, we were done and we pulled up to this gas station and me and my daughter went in to use the restroom. And, and when I got out, I noticed that she started talking to this man that was pumping gas at the next gas pump. And I was like, oh, here she goes again. She's making a new friend. I'll be quick about it. You know, I don't want him to think that she's losing her mind. So I go in, I use the restroom and I come out and, the, you know, he's already gone. And, and 
I pull out the video camera and I'm making a little video about how we just did this, this headstone. And she interrupts me and she goes, and we met the nicest man. He was hauling Oprah Winfrey stuff all the way to Telluride in that U-Haul. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, that man, he, he, I would just meet him and talking to him. And he said he was taking Oprah's stuff to Telluride. And I, I thought this is just so indicative of traveling with her. It's like what Haley said when, when she made us make friends with everybody. She just met Oprah Winfrey's U-Haul driver because she got out of the car. She smiled and she said, hey, where are you headed? Something I never would have done. I'm just like, I'm going to the restroom. I'm not talking my head's down. But she, who are you? What, what, what's your name? Where are you going? And she had the most wonderful experiences with everything, with her personal relationships and with professional relationships. She just, it's so, <laughs> it's, and I, I got, when we got in the car, I just said, man, I wish I would have made friends with Oprah's you hill drive, you know, you haul driver. And she said, well, yeah, you got to talk to the people at the outcome. <laughs> that really speaks to something that we've also kind of moved away from which is just keeping her head up and like saying hi to people and communicating what's going on i get asked all the time where are the men where are the women where am i going to find somebody that i actually want to date and i'm like they're all around you right they're all around you they're in every you know thing that you're doing and interacting with and it takes a little bit of um just intention to just say this is going to go well you know yeah not assuming the guy's going to be like get out of my way i don't want to talk to you i'm on the mission for oprah <laughs> Yes, little old women steer clear of that going for her because she seems like she was very approachable. Very. But I like what you said. I love that word intention, right? Because that's also a big word, I think, recently, because I'm, truly, I mean, what's what's your intention? How hard are you willing to work to try for something? And and if you go into something or you see a stranger and you already think, oh, it's not going to work because of this and this and this and this and that, you know, it's not. I, I mean, if your intention is this is going to be a combustive disaster, then that's what it's going to be, you know. But if you go in, hmm, and I'm not just even talking about romantic relationships, any any type of friendship or relationship, right? If you go in saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my best self, and I'm gonna show them who I am," I mean, you might receive back some really good, really good stuff. There's this space that we go into, I think, when a relationship starts going well for us, and we tend to lend in counseling. We call it unconditional positive regard. And it's this thing that we offer somebody where we're just saying, you know what, I believe in you um, having the intention to do well. And so if you don't do well or you don't show up in the way that I was hoping that you would, I'm going to listen and I'm going to kind of lean in to try to understand versus react first and, you know, cause judgment and and, and fighting and things. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something that's very easy to lend, I think, in early relationship building because you know, if we've had experiences where we have learned not to trust or that, you know, things have just really turned out badly. And so we're just a little bit more shy. Um, but it seems to me that that's something that Grandma Griffith just also kind of lent out straight from the beginning uh, was this unconditional positive regard. I think it's so apparent as she smiled that people were drawn to her and she became uh approachable and then she could kind of get in and ask some questions and had just a very easy demeanor. One of the great stories that came out of this interview was a story that Haley shared about her relationship with her husband. So listen in as she talks about them. Probably just 
couple months ago, we were out hiking and we had recently heard of some friends who were getting divorced. And and I just said, gosh, Tyler, I, I'm so sad to hear more of these stories there. It's becoming very, very common. And I, I'm, I'm just sad. I'm sad, sad that things aren't going well for people. And he's, he's a very thoughtful, profound guy. And he said, you choose to love me every day. He said, I am a quirky guy. I, I have some weird hobbies. I like pulling weird, th- you know, like jujitsu and like, you know, farm, worm farms, you know, beekeeping. He, he's just, he does all sorts of interesting things that are just not in the normal box of popular things sometimes, right? And he says, I do some weird things, but you choose to love me every day for who I am. And when we have an issue, that's what we work on, right? If, if something comes up, we approach each other and have a conversation about it because we're choosing to make this work for us. And I, I thought that's that's true. I do. I do choose every day. Love that you, you've said that because I feel like that is another space that needs to be addressed is that that choosing to love somebody versus just being like overwhelmed and consumed with the fact that you have to, you're like almost physically compelled to. It sounds so unromantic to say choose, but I feel like that's the space that you go into as well. Like I, I still remember when I was dating my husband, that kind of drive home where I was like, I'm either going to choose to keep this going or I'm going to choose to stop this. And like emotionally, I want to stay, but I also know like it's going to be hard. There's some things already like he had a son and, you know, just these, these things that I was like kind of knowingly choosing and I thought, I, I expected at this moment that I was just going to feel so overwhelmed that I would have to keep going, that it wouldn't be a choice. And eventually, I think that's what it does kind of snowball into because there's no way I'm not choosing him now. Let's talk a little bit about that in, in relationships. What is it like for you to choose and how does that show up for you? When Tyler and I were dating, and at the time I thought, this is weird. I don't know why he's saying this, but he's, he's a wise guy, you know, and, and he, he said, you know, as we get serious in a relationship, especially if we start to talk about marriage, there's something you need to know. And what I expect and how I foresee my my marriage going in the future is we'll be an individual part of a team. We're a team. We're in this together. But I don't ever want you, Haley, to lose your identity of who you are because you're trying to please me or you're trying to be like me. And he said, and I will never do that for you. He said, I am who I am. I'm, I'm a weirdo with worms and I make my own sourdough. And, you know, I work hard, I, you know. He really is an incredible guy. I'm, I'm only telling you the odd things. He <laughs> but he said, I'm not going to stop doing that stuff. And I want you to always be your crazy, you know, wild, fun, party. I want you to be all the things you are, but we still need to do it together. You know, we need to be an individual part of a team, meaning we're not going to lose our identities. You are who you are. And that's what I love about you. And I'm who I am. And that's what you love about me. Let's work together in all the things. But it's okay for you to go do your things that that make you who you are. And it's okay for me to do my things that make me who I am. And, you know, we we love to tease and laugh and have fun. And anyway, but but it, I think that is a huge thing in our relationship is we've, we've always chose, again, back to that word chose, we, we've chose to support each other in our own identities, you know. You also said choosing is not romantic, and it's not. But But real love is not romantic sometimes. Real love is saying, you know what, this matters to you. And so I want you to go do that because if you go do that and you're fulfilled, you're going to do the same for me. Right. And that's that's, again, being that individual part of a team. We're a team and we do that for each other and we choose choose to support each other with who we are. I love, love what Haley says about being an individual part of a team and supporting each other. 
And I really feel like that's what real love looks like. You are your own person. They are their own person and you support them. And you don't necessarily have to be identified by what they're interested in or say like, yeah, for sure. Like I'm all about beekeeping when really maybe that's just not your thing. And maybe you're even scared of bees, but you support them. It's just this different idea of differentiation and how you can make sure that you are your own person and they are their own person, but you come together and support each other. It's just so great. So this next section, we're going to hear from Jen, and she's going to talk a little bit about what it was like dating after divorce and being over 30. Listen in. I was married 17 years and I I got divorced about eight years ago, and now I'm in a long-term relationship. I'm not married right now, but I remember thinking that when I was dating, which is really hard in your late 30s, by the way, (laughs) when I look for my next partner, how I want to make sure that he's okay with who I am. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like Haley in the sense where there's, I sing a lot and I'm, I'm a little louder. And it's funny because Tyler, her husband and and my boyfriend, they're, they're a little quieter. It's like opposites attract, you know? And so when I did, when I found my new partner, um, he, he does, he lets me be, he lets me be nervous. Cause I, I struggle with anxiety. He lets my anxiety go. He lets me be me. And I didn't have that with my with my first marriage. I didn't realize how important it was. Compare and contrast dating back in the day and, and dating at 36. So when I married my first husband, I was 18. I was right out of high school. We were high school sweethearts. So like dating him was just like hanging out. Like it was like hanging out, right? So we get divorced when I'm 36. And it, it puts you in this world of so many unknowns. Like men have kids, men have jobs that have strange hours. Same with me. Like I had three kids, you know, and trying to combine. Oh man. It's like, it's such a, (laughs) it's such a kermuffle. I don't even know how to say it because everybody at 36 has their own issues and their own baggage and their own thoughts and their own feelings. They're set in their ways. And it's really hard to navigate those waters. I was really, really confused for the first couple of years. And I actually, the, the, my boyfriend now, we, I met him right out the gate, but I, I was teetering on, well, he doesn't check all the boxes. Having a list of boxes that you check is so unproductive. It is so unproductive. It just, if you meet this really great person, but he, so it, it and I feel so foolish because I was so inexperienced, you know, getting married at 18 and then dating when I'm 36, I just had this kind of Pollyanna attitude where oh, I'm going to find this perfect guy now. Like I got out of this bad marriage and, and now I'm going to find this perfect person and they're going to check every single box that I have. One of the boxes that I had was so stupid and I, I regret even like saying out loud, it's going to sound so dumb. I was really concerned about what this person did for a living. Whoever I was going to be with, I wanted them to be a um, businessman. I wanted them to work in, a, in an office and wear a suit and a tie and I remember I went to lunch one day and I, I, my boyfriend doesn't do that. He's a blue collar guy. And I went to lunch with my friend and her husband once. And I said, I just don't know about dating this guy. He's, he's blue collar. And I I just don't know if I like that. You know, it's just kind of different. And her husband said, well, tell me a little bit more about him. And I was like, oh, well, he owns his own business and he has custody of his kids and he has a really good family. And he goes, what a jerk. Oh, you should dump him right now. I can't believe that. He sounds like a loser. He has custody of his kids. Wow. Wow. And I was humbled like in two seconds. I was like, oh my gosh, I am so stupid. I am so dumb. And I was like, why do I have a box that says this person needs to work downtown Salt Lake? Why do I have that box? 
why is that my image of a perfect man? And I honestly couldn't have a better partner right now. I He does. He has all of those things. He's a hard worker. He has a great family. I love his parents. He has, you know, he had custody of his kids. They're all older now because we've been together for like seven years. But it's just funny that those boxes seem so important at the time, but they're so not. They're so, when you're 36, they're so not. They're so not. And and we communicate differently, but it 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 works because I want it to work. <laughs> it works because I'm choosing to make it work. It works because it is it is easier to not tie yourself to that that list or those certain boxes. They're so unimportant, really. If you have somebody who respects you and cares for you and loves you and wants to help take care of you and is kind, who cares if they're a blue collar guy? Who cares if they just the kindness and the caring is so much more important than those little boxes that you think you have to check. It, it's a lot harder. It's a lot more humbling. You do have to to take some of those things that you think are going to make this perfect relationship and really look into them because they're not as important as maybe you think. They're just not. Scaffolding that we put around um, what will make us feel safe. And for whatever reason, that would, you know, that was what was going to make you feel safe. And sometimes when you're presented with something that is still safe, you don't recognize it. Yeah. Because you've built up this, this is this is what that looks like. Um, and if it doesn't look like this, sound like this, act like this, then I don't recognize it. And it takes, uh, you know, intentioned people saying like, what a jerk. <laughs> I know I would and I've talked to him since and I'm like hey his name is Jay and I'm like Jay you really like opened my eyes to how stupid I sounded <laughs> and you know it's just I, I always hear it's just this is my safety this is this is me being safe and when I recognize that there the things that I want are still there the safety that I want is still there it just it's packaged a little bit differently then I can kind of relax and let go when you relax and let go, what that allows you to do is just open your mind to the possibilities of things that could happen. I freaking love, love Jen's story there. And I think it's freaking hilarious. And I remember those moments in my own relationship where people kind of called me out and they were like, aren't you being a little bit high and mighty? And I was like, yeah, I think I am. Because sometimes we just create these parameters on, around what we want and what we think it's going to look like or sound like or be like because we feel like that will be what creates the longevity that we're looking for. Well, maybe that's actually what's right in front of you right now. And that's the person they just might look, sound, feel a little bit different, you know? Oh, great story. So before uh, before you know it here, we're going to just wrap up this episode, and I, which is just so bittersweet. But uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about Grandma Griffith here. And I just... I love her. So I hope that you follow up with her too with this last section. Tell me about Grandma Griffith and what is it that you know that made her so clear about who she is and her intention of smiling people? What, what's her backstory there? I wrote a post on my Instagram a few years ago. You know, this is before Grandpa was sick and dying and Grandma, any of this. You know, they're still fun and sprightly. And, and I remember visiting her once. And then as I was driving home, you know, she lived a couple hours away. As I was driving home, I thought, why is she the gosh darndest happiest person in the whole world? What is it? What is it about her? You know, what, what she, she didn't have an easy life as Jenny mentioned, right? She had a divorce. She had, you know, life was not perfect. 
you know, as I think we sometimes think it should be for happy people or for good people or for and that's not true. Let's just end that right now. Right. Life was not perfect for her yet. She again, she chose to be happy. And as I was driving home, these were some of the things I included in that post that I wrote about her that night. I I wrote, here's something that has always made her happy. She does not compare herself to other people. I've never heard her. Yeah, maybe in a joking way, but I, I really can't even think of a time then. I've never heard her compare herself to other people, especially to other women. And I think that is a big downfall of us as women, you know, as we we are so quick to look at everyone and how fantastic they are. And for some reason, we think because they're fantastic, there's not room for me to be fantastic, too. That's a lie. That's the biggest lie, right? There's so much room for everybody's fantastic pieces and pieces of who you are. There's just so much room for that. And and she never compared herself to anybody. She loved who she was. So that was one thing that I thought just brought her so much peace and joy of knowing who she was, was she didn't compare herself. She loved who she was. Another thing I thought of is she loved her body. She just thought she had the cutest little darned body. And she did. You know, I mean, she was no supermodel, but she she loved and used her body. She loved hiking. She loved, you know, boating. Water she, well, I was just gonna say she water skied clear until she was probably almost 80. I mean, this lady, she golfed, she played, she took us to play softball and soccer. I mean, my, she ran a race with my cousin, you know, when he was a little boy. I mean, <laughs> she, she loved her body and recognized what a gift her body was. And so she treated it well. You know, she didn't talk bad about it. She didn't try to do all these weird, crazy things that would harm her physically or, or psychologically. She just loved and respected her body so much. Um, and then the other thing also I wrote in that post was she loves people. There's always a room at her table for anybody. Everybody always had a seat with Grandma Griffin. It didn't matter what your color is. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It didn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It didn't matter what habits you had or didn't have. She loved people. And if she saw you and made eye contact, you were being invited into her into her circle of, of life and love because she just she loved people so much. And and so as I thought about it, especially now that she's passed, in fact, I read this post at her funeral. Um, I think those those three things, I probably wrote some more things, but those three things I keep going back to, you know, be grateful for this body I have. Gosh, I could do so much with this healthy mind and this healthy body. Uh, love the people. Get out there and love them. We're going to be different, but find the things that are similar. And then don't compare yourself. Know who you are and just and just be happy being who you are. And anyway, so those for me are things that I think have brought her so much joy and and real peace in her life jen what would you add to that well i i just i really do think it was a it was an every everyday choice for her um she was married to her first husband for a little under five years and they had two little kids and and i think that she just got sick of feeling certain ways and i don't know if this is true or not my my interpretation is she decided i am done feeling this way i don't like how it makes me feel look or, or act and I am going to choose to be happy and I'm going to choose to smile. And she actually worked for um, the U.S. Forest Service for 22 years. She was their information specialist. So when people would call back in the day and ask questions about campgrounds, she would be the one to answer the phone. And she got an award um, for, I don't even know, employee of the year or whatever. But she had a nickname there and it was the the voice with a smile because even over the phone, you could hear that she was smiling and that she was cheerful and that she was happy. And I just think she made the choice. I think she just... I'm going to choose to do this because I like how it makes me and other people feel. So I, I, it, life wasn't always easy. I mean, grandpa got really sick and she was a, a caretaker 24 seven. And I remember one time 
I went over there a lot when he was on hospice and and she she was tiny and he was a, not a bigger guy, but bigger than her. And she'd have to roll him over and, you know, get him all worked up and fixed and fed. And I just said, oh, grandma, how do you do this? Like, this is so exhausting. And she looked me dead in the eye and I feel stupid again. I love when people humble me real quick. She looked me dead in the eye and she said, it's called love, Jenny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's called love. So I think she just she just made those choices to to love and to to be happy. I I know she absolutely didn't feel that way all, all the time. And she was she was sad. I don't think I ever saw my grandma cry until grandpa got sick. To be honest, I really don't think I ever saw her cry. And it wasn't because crying makes you weak. I think that she just chose. I'm going to look at the bright side of things. Um, besides smile at the people, another quote that she would always say to us is que sera, sera. You know, like we want to control all these things. We want to have control over relationships. If you're dating your kids, anything you want to just control the situation because that's where you feel comfortable and her, her, whatever will be, will be. Don't worry so much about it. Don't try to control every situation. Que sera, sera. It would make me crazy though. I'm like, why don't you care more grandma? And she's like, oh, just, you know? It's life. It's love. It's 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 people. Jennifer, Jennifer, quit being so worried and anxious about everything. <laughs> you speak to something that I think is kind of inborn inside of us, which is that anxiety and the things that that we worry about. Um, that what's going to happen and and how can we you know try to predict and have the best outcomes. I think there's room for that for sure to prepare and and plan and things. Uh, but there's also this element where you have to just sit back and see what happens. I, I always talk to my clients and say, like, this is the part where you just get to sit back and enjoy the ride. And if you're holding on too tightly or trying to figure out the end before you, you get there, it's almost as though you're saying, I, I wish that I had this skill of teleportation, which you, it just doesn't exist. It's a facade. It's only in movies. You know, <laughs> you actually have to sit in the car for the entire road trip and out the window and and you know get the information about where you're going and see the the life happen as you go and I think sometimes tolerating the discomfort of the journey is is a challenge and she seems as though she's just saying like why don't you just normalize it you know yeah. with that like just normalize the fact that things are gonna ebb and flow and be unpredictable and you know, live where you're at now control the parts you can and then the rest it's going to happen yeah, that's beautifully said and I, and I think that that speaks to a lot of the anxiety that I guess if I haven't found a partner that I'm just not meant to or I guess if I you know haven't had x or y or z happen in terms of my relationship has turned into marriage then I guess it's just not meant to be and you know some of this I think we have to remember that it's choice but also don't stress about the fact that it hasn't happened life's still it going and moving really is so much beauty and so much to learn in the waiting period, like you were saying, you know, whether it's about a relationship or anything in your life that you're trying to have come to pass, there is so much to be learned and so much growth to happen in that waiting patient period. Like, I really do need to meet you in person and just like spend the day. Tell me, um, where can people find you um, online and where can they shop and give me all of your, your contact information here? Um, we are smileatthepeople.org. We are a 5013C, so we are a nonprofit. Um, we go read our story. We have this, we have a blog on there that also talks about all the ways we're giving back. Just go to our website. You can shop there and proceeds are donated. And we also every every quarter, so once a quarter, 
we have a nomination link that we open up. And if you know anybody who needs help or and just kind of the spreading of smiles is what what the money goes goes back into of these these sweatshirts and these T-shirts. And again, all proceeds are donated. If you know somebody, you can nominate them for a smile and we can even just go give them a big hug if they just need a hug and you're far away and we can we can do that for you. <laughs> so wonderful if you're ever in need of uh uh you know somebody delivering up in my area let me know i would love to go help out or do that i'm sure i keep thinking about the impact of grandparents i feel like there's so much that there's so much that they instilled inside of me and this most especially just this of knowing who i am and who i belong to you know i as i hear you guys talking about uh, your grandma Griffith and you know I think about my grandma Kennington and, and my grandma Winchester and what they have inside of me and I'm always trying to make those connections with my kids oh this reminds me and this reminds me and um it's so important to I think just acknowledge sometimes like their journey as well as ours and that they didn't always just come out with this like ray of sunshine you know she she had her own journey to be there and I don't know, honor the spaces that you're in and, and honor the heritage that you have. I think it's so important. My grandma, I'm not kidding. She is probably the most influential person ever in my life to this point, my grandma Griffin. So I love that we're all connected. You know, I love that there's a piece of her that I'll say something and I'll say, I just had grandma in my head. You know, I, I just love that mm-hmm. I'm still learning about her and I'm 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 getting to know her, I guess, in a very different relationship now. And I like it. One thing that you guys are really seriously doing with this is you're just letting your grandma live on. And what a brilliant idea to be nonprofit. And I, I really commend you because I know that how much work goes into this. I, she's she's doing a lot of good in the world, even if she's not physically in it. You know, her presence lives on. And that's something that we I hope everybody can take from this episode is just that, you know, whether or not things are going perfectly in your life, you still have the opportunity to affect change and to bring joy to people. And that's just as simple as sharing a smile. And I really hope we can all do that. When you're on those dates, tell your face that you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Don't tell your face. But if you do, smile, smile <laughs> at the man, smile at the woman. Yep. Well, this has okay. just been an absolute delight. I hope that everybody um, finds a joy the joy that I found, like, I'm just feel so uplifted and I'm ready to just like go into my day and wave out the window and smile at everyone and bring joy. <laughs> oh, you can find us on Instagram at smile at the people LLC. And you can find us on Facebook, um, smile at the people. Yeah. And we, we love to keep those busy and engaging. So come follow us and have some fun with us. We do lots of fun giveaways and stories and it's fun. We have a great time there. Oh, I love that. So that's um, on Instagram, smile at the people LLC and on Facebook, smile at the people. That's it. Yep. Love it. Give them a like, a follow, send a share. Um, I truly think that you will just find joy in following them as well. So if you are interested in going to their shop, remember that is smileatthepeople.org and go in and shop. And they've got some super cute stuff. I've literally, I literally look at it all the time. I think there's like five that I want. So just a matter of just choosing, <laughs> choosing choice, right? Yep. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, again, uh, smile. Everybody go out there and smile today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm on a mission to help singles navigate the modern dating world. You can learn more about my course, Foundations for Modern Dating, at thedatingcounselor.com slash courses. 
You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at The Dating Counselor or email me at Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at thedatingcounselor.com. You'll find a full list of everything mentioned in this episode in the show notes at thedatingcounselor.com slash podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love if you pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. See you soon.